um, that was one thing. But then I was sort of going a bit of through a personal um, ex- personal setback with like anxiety, depression, and whatnot. We had Mac Hansen, who's a chronic now. He was our fullback. Um, Isaac Fines, our nine, was is at the Brumbies now. He's at the Western Force. Mac Yido was playing ten. It's it's taught me a lot about like um, just being comfortable in your own skin and not getting peer pressured into anything like. Hello and welcome to the Offfield Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylet, former Irish Age Grade International player, now mindset and performance coach. I help players and teams all over the world overcome setbacks, play in the zone and achieve higher levels. On this podcast, I chat with people at the top level about their journey so that you can get their insights and hear what worked for them. You probably agree that you need to be strong mentally as well as physically, but most players don't know how to work on their mindset. My new book, The Book on How You Become a Pro Rugby Player, is like a gym program, but for your mental strength. In it, you'll learn how to instantly move on when you make mistakes in games, how to feel excited and confident on the field, and how to play in the zone. And it's available now on Amazon. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening, and be sure to send it on to some friends. Cheers. Hey, hope you're keeping well. Today I'm chatting with Joey Caputo, who is an Australian guy that has been playing in Italy for the past two years. Firstly with Benetton Treviso and then more recently with Zebre. We chat about his journey there. He talks about the impact that Matt Guido had on him and playing with other guys like Mac Hansen. He also opens up about a pretty tough time he had earlier on with mental health and having to step away from the game for a couple of years to focus on himself and get back to being himself. We chat about a lot of things around that and also we go into how you can feel confident on the field and how you can be your best self out there. Really enjoyed this chat, it's a good one. So here's episode number 80 with Joey Caputo. Dealing with money can be very stressful and especially with everything that's happening in the world right now and stock markets crashing. If you're not an expert, it can be difficult to know what to do. Sparks Wealth is an Irish financial planner and they are experts when it comes to dealing with finances and helping guide you on what's best for your situation. You can book a free call with Will now at Sparks Wealth on their website, sparkswealth.ie. Recently, a family member of mine did just that and was so happy they did so. They said Will guided them through everything in a simple, easy to understand way, no jargon, and it was a brilliant experience. So that's sparkswealth.ie. So how are things going in Italy? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty... uh pretty good it's a pretty cruisy lifestyle I'd say it's uh, an easy um, easy sort of place to fit in um, been here for two nearly two years now so um, obviously I came over last year um, I was signed at Benetton Treviso last year for a season and then um, there was actually three of us three boys that were at Treviso last year that weren't getting much game time so we signed at Zebra um, it was myself an Italian guy and a South African guy um, and we all um, signed at Zebra, so I've obviously been at Zebra for this year. Um, so yeah, this is my second year in Italy, and um, rugby is one one thing. Obviously, it'd be it'd be uh, awesome to have played a few more games for Zebra, but um, 
there's a lot of other things it offers. And I've yeah, just been trying to enjoy the lifestyle over here. And um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a it's been a nice place to live, really. So I can't um, can't complain too much. Yeah, good stuff. Um, is there any anything different between home, like lifestyle wise? Um, I don't know. I think the the Italians are a lot more laid back. Um, like sometimes it takes a, a little bit of extra time um, to get things done here, but it's a it's kind of a nice nice lifestyle. Like um, the training days are quite long because they they like to um, have lots of meetings and have lots of um, discussions and talk a lot about things in the in the meetings or whatever. Like the, the head coach here at Zebra is um, is a guy who who likes to have players' input and making sure that the boys are feeling happy and if there's anything that we want to discuss or put their say in, he's, he's open to that. So it's all like he's got a philosophy almost like um, everyone has to have an input. Like if you don't say anything, then you're not really valid. So um, now the lifestyle has been has been nice. It's, um, as I said, yeah, there's a lot more laid back and chilled than back home. I feel like back home sometimes you're in a bit of a – bit of a rat race to get things done and um a bit more of a stress lifestyle but um no it's been it's been nice to live here and um the other positive i guess is um in these like rugby networks and environments um you meet a lot of people from like, other walks of life and stuff so like for example i'm living i'm living here with a, a staff African guy at home at the moment been with him all year and um that's it's nice just to sort of mix and mingle with other people from different backgrounds and cultures and stuff so um no it's been good it's offered a lot so yeah i'm, I'm really happy here. nice one yeah chatting to someone who played there before in italy they were saying how it's nice it's always sunny there and it's uh chill good food uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a good spot to be yeah you got to look after yourself because uh i don't think i think it's pretty hard to, <laughs> to keep the skin folds down here to say i reckon i put on a few cakes since i've been here but um oh, the food's unreal and like the yeah, everything about the culture is pretty pretty special. So, um, like, for example, my family's here at the moment, so I'm taking them out to a few good spots to eat, and I just said, look, you just can't worry about keeping your, your body weight down for the next few weeks because <laughs> there's a lot of carbs and there's a lot of, like, you know, fatty foods, but, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's uh, It offers a lot um, that back home that's not necessarily does. So, no, it's good. It's nice. It's a, it's a good spot. Yeah, and... Just looking at your last name, are you Italian qualified or? Yeah, yeah. So that was a big um, oh, re- oh, reason or I guess to get over here was because my old man is, um, both his parents are Italian. So mum's Aussie, dad's Italian. So um, yeah, I think I'm lucky. I think I'm the last one. Um, if I don't uh, marry an Italian or have kids with an Italian, then I'll be the last to get the passport. So um, yeah, making, making use of it, I guess. And I'm pretty lucky to to be a dual citizen so yeah nice one and do you speak any of the language yeah yeah it's not bad actually it's i'm getting there so i think i'm not probably that good but when i go out with a few of the boys for lunches or coffees or whatever they're quite impressed um i understand just about everything i reckon i'm pretty pretty fluent in in comprehension and stuff um reading and like listening to people speak or if i have a conversation with them i can understand just about everything but sometimes it's a bit bit of a challenge to, to get the point across because um, there's so many rules with the language, but um, I probably could be doing a little bit more study. But um, no, nah, I think I'm quite good. In the in the space of two years, I think um, I'm better than what I thought I would be. So I think it's just that breaking that barrier, like putting yourself out there and not being too shy, just having a crack when you can. And um, I think it helps if you have 
if you live with an Italian, because I've lived with a, a South African guy, so I hear more Africans than I do Italian, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you just got to put yourself in that environment to speak the language. Because at, at training, for example, like um, there's half the squad is foreign. So like they'll speak mostly in English, actually. The head coach will speak mostly in English here. Uh, and he'll speak Italian second. And most of the Italian boys can all speak English. So um, yeah, it's sort of more... English driven, which is a little bit rare for Italians, I'd say, because they're a bit like they're a bit like Italian first, very patriotic, but um, quite lucky here for it to be um, a lot of English being spoken, so it's easy easier for the foreign boys. Nice one. And then, do you have like lessons in this club or for the foreign boys, like or to to learn it? Nah, not really. There is there is a few boys that do the odd lesson. Um, with one of the lads' mum, she's uh, she's um, South African, but she lived here for a long time. So a few of them are doing lessons with her, um, mostly the South African boys. But no, nah, the club doesn't really offer um, lessons. I think last year at the club I was at, there was a lot of us that did at Treviso. They offered lessons. So a lot of the um, foreign boys were in there with the foreign coaches doing lessons. It was, it was funny. Like some of the South African boys, like um, there was this one guy... <laughs> Um, his name is Bubus Andres Cotzia. He was a fullback last year for Treviso, and he just really struggled. Like he struggled with English as it was, not struggled, but like some words he just forget. But when he was in there in the Italian lessons, like we had a good laugh. Like he really struggled to get the pronunciations right. <laughs> um, so there was an Irish guy as well, Jim Maloney. I don't know if you know him, but he's a SNC. He was at Connacht for years. Yeah, he was. He's at Treviso. It's funny, like when he has a he has a crack, so I can't say anything bad about him but the pronunciation's real funny like you have a, you have a good laugh but he knows it as well so <laughs> it's good fun <laughs> yeah good stuff and how did you find your way over to Italy a couple of years ago like how did you first get over to Benetton yeah so uh, I was I actually stopped playing footy for two years um, at the back end of school um, got back into it when I was a little bit older 19 20 um, and then I just had a couple of good seasons it was sort of, sort of a time where I had to decide whether I was going to continue with footy um, or, you know, whether if I'd got back into it, whether I'd still be where I was before I left off. Um, so I got back into it again. And I think I was quite lucky, like um, the situation that I was put in. I played um, Brumbies Academy and then um, I played some like, first grade rugby back home, just club footy, which was obviously I was working on the side. Like I was um, working at a restaurant and I was doing some uni I was studying psychology at the time. Um, I was a barista as well. I was working for my parents in their coffee shop. Um, so I was quite busy. Um, and I was just playing some some first grade footy back home. Um, and I was lucky. I was I was in a team where it was uh, – we were in a very, very strong team. Like our team, we had we had Mac Hansen, who's at Connick now. He was our fullback. Um, Isaac Fines, our nine, was, was at the Brumbies. Now he's at the Western Force. Matt Kido was playing 10. Um, I was, no, sorry, I was playing 10. Gitz was playing 12. Our 13 is now in Japan playing. Um, our winger, Solomon Okada, is now Exeter Chiefs. Um, our th- oh, sorry, our 13, James Dargaville, he's now finished footy, but it was it was insane. Like our back line was like a super rugby back line. And I was just lucky to be in that, in the, in the environment. And um, I feel like a couple of the boys, particularly like Dargs and Gitz, took me under their wing a lot. So Gitz was sort of, he finished in Japan at Suntory and he was um, at the stage of his career where he wasn't sure where he was going to go again. So 
he came back to Australia with his family after finishing up in Japan. Played a bit of club footy at the club that I was at just to get back into it again. And then he had signed with LA Giltinis. And obviously at the time I was, you know, getting back into footy again and trying to enjoy it again and get the love back for the game again and see where it would take me. And he spent a lot of time with me outside of the two trainings that we had a week there and obviously game day. And we would gym a lot. We would do a lot of extra skills together. Um, he, yeah, he took me under his wing. And then from there, yeah, just playing some good footy back home. And then uh, my agent just said that Treviso wanted to offer me a contract off the back of that. So um, I think it was quite a special uh, special time for me as well because at that stage, I was going through a bit of a tough time mentally. It was probably one of the toughest times I've been through. Um, and I probably wasn't entirely honest with, with my agent at the time. Like everything was rugby-based. I was just telling him um, everything rugby-based, but I probably should have said a little bit more about how I was feeling at the time and that I think a change... Um, in places or whether it be overseas somewhere would be good for me just to have something to work towards and start afresh sort of. So um, I think that was a really, really positive thing for me to get over to this side of the world. And it's been the best thing for me really. And I haven't looked back ever since, like I said to my family this week, I said, obviously they've flown over from Australia to visit me. I haven't seen them for a year, but I said, like living over here, rugby is one thing and it's been awesome to, to play at this level and um, um, for what rugby has offered me. But um, from the lifestyle point of view, it's been it's been awesome. Like I've loved every minute of it, and just the the people you meet and every day going into training, like it's good for you physically and mentally, and having things to work towards. And um, yeah, I'm just really really enjoying it. That's sort of the story. That's how it's led me to to here and where I am now. So um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like you never know. Looking back two or three years ago, I probably thought I probably wouldn't play footy again, and now here I am sitting here. Um, looking back and yeah, thinking how special uh, the road has been and yeah, just trying to, um, sometimes I try and speak to people out there that may be thinking um, everything's too hard or because that's exactly how I felt and um, just trying to sort of have, keep them with a, with an open mind and just uh, making sure that they speak about how they're feeling because um, when you're going through what you're going through, sometimes everything seems too much and, you think you're the only one and you don't want to speak about it because of judgment or whatever. But at the end of the day, you look back and when you know you've overcome that, you um, it's a pretty good feeling. And yeah, it's something that I think often about. Brilliant. Yeah, great stuff. And when you were saying there you were struggling mentally, was it kind of something around rugby that was bringing you down or outside of it? No, it was sort of more just life. Um, there was a few things going on, like I'd, I'd been in a relationship um, um, with a girl and that came to an end and um, that was one thing. But then I was sort of going a bit of through a personal um, ex- personal setback with like anxiety, depression and whatnot. So that was sort of a stage in my life where I was focusing on myself and trying to rebuild um, my, my, myself and what, I'd, what I've left behind. But um, yeah coming over here had been had been awesome for me just to have something to work towards. And um, obviously that, that time back home before I came over, I'd spent a lot of time rebuilding and speaking to people and whatever it may be, um, seeking help. Um, and yeah, just looking back, using all those tools, like today, for example, and, and this day in life over here, living in Italy, I, I use a lot of tools each and every day um, that I'd learn about myself that I didn't know before. Um, and just trying to replicate those things in, into my daily life just to, to maintain a, a healthy a healthy lifestyle. 
Brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I mentioned in a few podcasts ago, like I similarly went through like a tough time and, but I found, yeah, like when you have, you learn a few tools about your, a few things at work, or I don't know, it's from my own experience. Like I remember being a, a rough place and what you're saying there, like you kind of start to learn things that when you do them every day, they help yeah. you have a good day. And then when you have a good day and you just keep patching them together, you just kind of keep having good days. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the, how it works, eh? It's um, and you and you only learn that through through experience. And I'm still young, but um, I'm as hard as it was. I, I still look back and I say, oh well, wow, like I've learned so much about myself. As bad as it was, and I wouldn't want anyone to go through what I went through. But um, you learn so much about yourself, and you just uh, are able to do things in your daily life, like you said, that just keep you keep you in a good in a good place. Like there's there's a few stories I could tell. Like last year at Treviso, I was on top of the world. Thought everything was good. Um, obviously, being a young lad, going out for a few nights with the boys, probably wasn't looking after myself, um, recovering well enough. Um, going out a few late nights, like we had a preseason thing and um, we had a week off, whatever. And I, I went off. I went off with a few of the lads into like this town, thirty-minute drive from Treviso. It was a bit of a party town. And I got stuck into a few drinks, as all young boys do. And um, long story short, I I uh, returned back home and I was in a terrible mental state. Like I couldn't go to training for two weeks, couldn't get out of bed. Um, and that was just a wake up call just to um, remind myself, you got to look after yourself because um, you can't have, have these things laying over your head. And that probably didn't help me at that time at Treviso as well, because I'd missed two weeks of preseason and I hadn't been at training for two weeks and I was just in at home, like I couldn't leave the house. So, um, yeah, as I said, like these things that you go through, you learn so much about yourself, but, um, yeah, it's just the way it goes. Like some things work for some people, some things don't work for some people. You just got to find that balance, I think. Yeah, hundred percent of fair play at your age, like having that self-awareness because it's something, I don't know, like, a, like you say, a lot of young people drink when I was a young lad used to drink so much, but it, it, it looking back, like it would give me anxiety or gives like hangovers like for a day or two you're, you yeah. know we kind of brush it off you'll say all oh, the fear or oh, this that the other or, oh but it's like you're just uneasy for a couple of days and then yeah like you say i don't know all of a sudden it can really creep up on you yeah yeah exactly and that's exactly what happened like i thought everything was all good um but you just got to remember what works for you and like um it's it's taught me a lot about like um just being comfortable in your own skin and not getting peer pressured into anything like obviously in the in the rugby world boys have a, have a stereotype of drinking a lot or partying a lot or whatever um and you go out with these with these boys like i go out most weekends with the boys but i'm just happy enough to do my own thing like drink a coke zero or a water or whatever it is the other lads are smashing a few few tins back but they're all they all respect me for that and i still have a good time and um it's just breaking that barrier i think like just um, being comfortable in your own skin and at the end of the day like the boys respect you for that and you respect them for that and you know you just do you and whatever works for you is is what matters most so um yeah it's um yeah it's uh it's funny how it works yeah unreal fair play so do you do you not really take drink anymore or no i haven't had a i haven't had a sip for two years now or since that episode so that was a that was what two years ago, yeah, almost two years ago. So, been a bit of a long, long stint. 
Fair play. No, that's brilliant. I am. Um, I don't really drink myself anymore. I'll have like one beer every four or five months, probably. But uh, yeah. because like that, I just I was just like, ah, this isn't really working for me anymore. I'm just not, you know, the the plus and the minuses. The it's just not doing it for me anymore. But um, uh, that was towards the end of when I was playing. I stopped, and I kind of was a bit older. I was probably twenty seven or so, and I was like. I don't care what anyone thinks, but it's it can be challenging sometimes in a because I know when I was younger, you'd look at people who didn't drink. Maybe Ireland, the culture is a bit different. But when I was younger, I would have looked at people who didn't drink and, yeah, I don't know, been a certain way about thought certain things, which is wrong, you know, but but that's the way it is kind of sometimes in these cultures, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny you say that because especially for us, like Aussie and Irish, New Zealand, like big drinking culture and. I've had a, I have a lot, lot of mates that are that are Irish because I went to school there for a year back in the day, and um, <laughs> and I try to like visit visit when I can. Like I love that place, and Dublin's like feels like home for me because I know so many people there. Um, I went back last year to visit a few <laughs> few boys, and like are going out like to their houses or to to a few bars or clubs in town, and they just couldn't get their head around it. Like they just couldn't understand that I couldn't have one with them, and it was like. It was it was crazy, but I just said, yeah, it's just it's just me. Like, yeah, I'd rather not. And they at the end of the day, they respected me for that, and I'd still go out and do everything they did, and just just have a have a coke zero or whatever. So for all the boys here, like, have jokes that I go out and uh, drink drink maybe four or five coke zeros is probably just as bad as a as a beer, but it works for me. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And where did you go to school in Ireland? So when I was 14, 15, so my so dad moved over there for a year. He was coaching, he was coaching Leinster at the time. Ford's coach, scrum coach. That was 20, 2014, 15, no, 20, yeah, 2014. He went over there, did a season. And then 2015, uh, the family moved over, me, my two sisters, and mum. So he was there for, he was there for two years. I was there for a year. And I went to school. I was at Blackrock for a year. Um, that was awesome. I loved it. Obviously, I was a lot younger then, but I could live there easily. Like I went back last year and I a hundred percent could live in Ireland. I love the place. It's uh, the people and um, everyone's so, so nice and happy there. Yeah. It's a good vibe. I like it. Yeah. They love the rugby there in Blackrock as well. Man, it's huge. Eh? Like I couldn't get over it. Like when I was that young, coming from Australia, like it's like a first 15 set up. And I was, I was 15 in the, in the JC to the junior cup team training like every day, like in lunchtime, we were doing gym sessions, like, Teachers were teachers were giving us like the the all clear to eat during like eat during uh, during class because we were in the J's or JC. I was and all the other boys were there like looking at us like would be when we'd be late to class or whatever or we had training or it was nuts, man. Like it's another world, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, was, it was an awesome experience. It was that was awesome. It definitely you can see why Irish rugby is so successful. Like they're just getting. Um, they're just getting used to it from such a young age. And then by the time they finish school, like they they know what it's like being in a pro setup. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a, uh, it's nearly a bit daft how professional some of the schools, mainly in Dublin are, but yeah, the boys come out of them like literally like professionals. Yeah. Like there was like a full-time, full-time scrum coach. Like there was a full-time uh, S&C guy um, in the gym there. Boys were like lifting huge tin when they were 15. It was nuts. It was crazy. Like on a meal plans. Like I remember we had this winger, Sean Maloney. 
I don't know if he's still playing footy now, but he was a winger and the coach decided that he'd be a good hooker. So within like preseason from one season to the next, he put on like over 15 kilos. It was crazy. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. It was, uh, that's another world, but you can see, like you can see why they're so successful. Like, yeah, just the way that they do things like back home, obviously like the first 15 is a big thing at some big rugby schools in Sydney um, and Queensland, but, the the training that they do for a first team wouldn't be as much as they do for for a junior cup team back in in Ireland. It's it's crazy. So what would it be like in Australia? And did you then go your school in Australia? Did you go to like a big rugby school then when you went back? Yeah. So I so I went. So I was at Morris Morris Canberra. Just to it's a private school, but it wasn't a big big rugby school. Um, compared to like the ones in Sydney and stuff. But when I was 16, I played in the first team for Marist College Canberra. So I still had uh, year 11 and year 12. So I was one of the youngest boys to do that. And then from the back of that, I was, I, uh, was offered a scholarship to go to a big rugby school in Sydney, Newington College. It's one of the biggest footy schools in um, in, in Australia. And they they um, offer like a lot of sporting scholarships and Every year they, they have like a relationship with like this Tongan school in Tonga. So they would bring three Tongan boys back every year to play in the first 15 team. And they would learn English and obviously go to a good school or paid for. Um, so I boarded there for a year. And that's sort of where my first experience of like mental health uh, was my first setback. Just, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like I went there for footy, obviously, and to see where it would take me. And I was 17 and then... Yeah, just um, experienced the opposite. Um, it was like went through a whole eating disorder thing. I like lost 20, 20, 25 kilos and I was there meant to be playing footy for the first team. So it got to a point where I just like, I was like, wasn't telling one about how I felt at the time. And then I just remember ringing my family saying, you got to come pick me up. I'm no good. And I remember like driving back. Mum, mum picked me up from Sydney and I chucked all my stuff in the car, heading back home um, at the end of, what was that? at the end of year 11, so before year 12 started. Um, went back and I was in the car and uh, I like was having this panic attack. Like, don't, it was my first experience of like having a panic attack and I just said to my mum, you've got to take me to the hospital. Like, I think I'm having a heart attack. I can't breathe. Like, it was pretty scary. And like, she said, okay, okay, okay. So we went to the hospital, did all the tests. And the doctor just said like, mate, it's just, it's just anxiety. You're just having, you're just having a panic attack. So... That was my first first uh, experience of um, yeah anxiety, and from then it was sort of just like okay, I need to focus on myself now. So from then on, for the next two years, I just didn't play rugby and I was just focusing on me. Um, and obviously, it was a tough time because I went back to Australia, uh, back to Canberra, sorry, and boys my age were progressing through the ranks, like signing contracts at the Brumbies and playing Australian schoolboys, whatever. Um, and I was playing with all these boys before and it's pretty tough like going into into school and I would from school drive back home, but I would see all the boys going off to the first team, going to train, or I was seeing all the boys go progress through the ranks, um, signing contracts and stuff in in uh, the franchises in Australia. So it was tough, but I think uh, it made me like pretty, pretty hungry to get it all back. Um, so yeah, so then lucky enough, two years later, I started to play footy again. I started to feel like myself again. And then, yeah, just lucky enough that I, that I caught up to where I left off at. Yeah, 100%. And 
Fair play for asking for help. How how long were you kind of like struggling for before you you said it to your mum? Probably a year. Probably a year. And probably to be honest, like if I didn't if I didn't say anything, probably like I'm lucky that I have like a pretty special family, like pretty close family. Um, and if it wasn't for them, like who knows what would have happened. I'm pretty lucky that they sort of were there to see how I was actually going and um, that they wanted to help me because um, sometimes like as young men, you don't want to speak about how you're feeling and you want to hide everything. So, which was what I was doing. Um, so yeah, just lucky that they sort of helped me through it. Um, and yeah, like just um, that's a, that's a tough one because when you're going through what you're going through, you just don't want to talk about it because you think of you're, you're, you're afraid of judgment or you're, you're afraid of what people think or you think you're the only one going through it, which is probably the big one. You think you're the only one going through what you're going through. Whereas um, when you start reading stories and speaking to people and uh, yeah, you just realize that there are a lot of people out there going through a similar thing or something that they can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you really do, you know, you hear that, but you really do think you're the only one and you think yeah. it's that you're, from my experience you think that you're very weak and that you're kind of in my experience that I was weak or kind of useless and then it's like but when you take a step back and I don't know now that I'm in a good place I kind of understand that it's, it's so common like it's so 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 common and yeah. and then you read the percentages like like the when I read then the percentages of the amount of people that will suffer from a depressive period in their life or people who will suffer from anxiety, like the percentages are huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And you don't realize that until um you start that process. And even like with footy, like there's been a lot of quite a lot of people that um that I've become close with in the last couple of years and just for them, even tell it like telling me a little bit about their stories and opening up a bit a bit about them, and um, it's quite a it's quite quite I don't not special, but it's quite a of a surreal feeling when you speak to these boys and you get one sort of view or you see them in one way, but when they start talking to you about things that have happened for them in the past or what they go through or from on a daily basis, like it's like okay brings it back to, and I remember when I was going through what I was going through that two weeks last year when I was in Treviso and I was not in a good way like a couple of the lads that I'm really close with now and this in today I speak to like daily they were the ones there for me and they were the ones that I was there for them sometimes last year like there was one one of the lads who was going through a bit of a tough time last year and um, I I helped him a lot last year when he was going through a bit of a tough rush so um, yeah just looking out for for each other and um having each other's having each other's backs and just um yeah it's um you just gain that respect i think when you when you open up a little bit about your your story 100 percent, it's so courageous and fair play to you and one thing that i find yeah when you start when you take the first step to actually talking about how you're feeling then once again i just keep i keep saying from my experience because i only know i don't know what it's like for other people but for me then if i if i'm dropped from 100 percent to 98 percent, i'm able to say that so like if someone says yeah. like how are you getting on brian it's like ah just not feeling the best today just i think i'm a bit run down or something you know like i can just like talk openly about that and then that yeah. helps or like I, I could say like 
I'm a bit stressed. Like I was just, I've been working, you know, I was working and then I was running around and then I was doing this, 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 and then I've this happening. And I'm just a little bit, I was a little bit stressed today. Like you can just talk about just when you drop down a couple of percent, you just talk about it and it helps versus not. And then you drop down another 10% and then 20% and then 30 And then all of a sudden, like you say, you're just, you're in, you're in a dark, dark place. A hundred percent. Exactly. hundred percent. And you, sometimes you don't need to, like for me, I didn't have to go into details about what I was experiencing, but just to say, okay, I'm not like, well, or um, can we go up, can we catch up for a coffee or can we, can I come over to your house or can you come over to my house and just have a talk about training this week or doesn't have to be necessarily about something in particular, but just to have that. I think social connectedness is a big one for me, um, connecting with the people and just having a, having a chat about anything really is, is sometimes really, really good and that can help a lot. 100% social connection is so, so important, I think. And yeah. You see that, like, we probably just take it for granted growing up playing in teams. Like, you know, you're always just at training and you're just always with the lads. And then if you have a period away from it, you realize it's like, geez, it gives you so much. Just yeah. simple, just having a bit of, bit of chat or whatever. 100%. And like you hear stories about boys that maybe after school or after rugby, when rugby's finished, that that stage of their of what they're going to do next can be a little bit of a like shock um, just because they they've been doing the same thing, seeing the same boys been around people for so long, for so many years, each and every day. And then it's like, Oh, I'm by myself now. Like, what am I going to do with myself? That's, that's a big, a big stage where sometimes people um, struggle a little bit, I think. Well, I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I think is huge, and you kind of might have touched on it, but um, is purpose. So when I was struggling, and then I was, it sounds similar to you, I was kind of like working through it and kind of learning about it and learning about how to kind of get myself back to being myself. And I spoke about it on this podcast, I started personally, I just started reading, I didn't actually kind of say it at the time to others that I was struggling, but I started piecing it back together myself I started um working out I was able to after an injury get back into the gym I started reading a lot I started um learning about psychology philosophy all this stuff but uh then when I was kind of getting out of that and I was really feeling myself again I got back into like coaching and playing and that gave me like so much purpose again whereas when I didn't have that I was just like floating about and you know I just and it's something I'm just very aware of now that it's very important to have just purpose about your your day, your life. And as players, as people involved in sport, you just have that anyway. But it was when I fell out of the sport because I was injured and I was kind of not able to play. That's when I really hit me. I realized the importance of it, just always having a purpose. Yeah, that's that's huge. And that's something that I find as well. And even like, on a daily basis sometimes I try and like have routine or you know get up early do something whether it be like a bit of meditation or whatever I enjoy like a coffee just with myself sort of put the technology away like and start the day in a good in a good place um, and when you don't do that say like okay you're going to set your alarm maybe 20 minutes more or you put it on snooze or and you feel like you're rushing a little bit then it's like okay I haven't started the day well and then it's like you ha- you feel like your drive or your purpose is is a little bit is missing somewhere so it's like and i've seen that as well it's easy to fall into but 
if you have that drive and that purpose every day, um, whether for whatever, whether it be, you know, going to training every day and but focusing on this, this and this, or like before training, I sometimes I try and like write three things I'm grateful for down and three things or one or two things that I'm going to focus on today and just trying to like focus on those things rather than having like a million things in your head. Um, and yeah, and then, yeah, it just, it just works for me. And I find like when you do those things consistently, I tell you, it's, uh, it can be really, really, really good for you. Man, I love it. I love it. You're, yeah. uh, I love what you're saying. I speak about all those in the book um, about like, because there's things that work for me as well and things I wish I knew when I was younger, when I was 16, 18. And when I talk to young players now and when I'm doing talks around clubs and schools, it's like, yeah, meditation. So, so key. And in the morning, having a bit of a morning routine and giving yourself a bit of time, mm. simply just giving yourself a bit of time in the morning and not rushing because when i did it for 20 i don't know for two odd years three odd years i just wake up just before i had to leave the house and yeah, yeah then then you're just always behind the eight ball you're always rushing you're always you're always i don't know like going, but when you, yeah but when you give yourself time to just be with yourself just take it easy and you wake up that half hour earlier it just it makes life easier yeah, and I've I, I saw that you um enjoy like a cold shower in the morning as well, and maybe that's that works for you obviously, which is awesome. And then you just feel like you're like you said you're you're ahead of the eight ball, and you feel like you're you started the day in the right way. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, how chat to me about the rugby store? You um, do I see you're going on gone on loan to? Yeah, yeah. So I well, I've obviously only played three games for for Zebra this season, um, which is which has been awesome. Like, loved every minute of it. And But sometimes it could be a bit, little bit hard um, training each and every day. And obviously, because we have such a big squad number here, like there's, I think there's 56, 56 of us and there's like five fly-halves and maybe more than five, five twelve. So there's a lot of boys like um, that are getting picked above me this season. So, yeah, I've only played three a few games this year for Zebra, but I just had to chat with the club and I just said, um, would I be able to to go on loan or whatever it may be for not on loan, but just to get some minutes um for the like a top. So like the way it works here is like um all the boys at these franchises, whether it be Treviso or Zebra, they're pretty much just fully contracted to the club. So they don't want boys going in and out of other other teams. Whereas back home, like I'm used to like if you don't play for the if you don't play for your Super Rugby team, you go and play club footy on the weekend just to like get some get some game time. So when you when you play, you're ready and you're fit or whatever. So I just said like, do you think I could to go and go to a team and get some minutes? And they said uh, probably not, but we'll have a chat, whatever. So, um, but long story short, they were happy with me to do it. So um, I've gone to this this top ten team, which is like a it's a top competition in Italy, and there's ten teams, and I've gone to this one team, which is just up the road. Um, it's actually uh, the head coach is Argentinian and there's like 26 Argentinian players. So like most of the meetings are done in Spanish and it's crazy. There's only like six Italian lads in there, but um, no, nah, it's been good just to get some game time and I'm, I feel like I'm playing good footy there. So um, I'm only contracted to Zebra until the end of the season. So at the moment, I'm still trying to find um, where I'll be next year. So um, busy with that, but yeah, just see, just see where it takes me, try not to get too stressed, but I'd, I'd ideally like to stay over this side of the world. Um, I'm enjoying like the lifestyle over here and 
home's always going to be there. And if something popped up back home, then maybe I'd maybe I'd um, consider it. But ideally, I'd like to stay in Europe somewhere or the UK if something popped up. So we'll just try and see see where it takes me. Just try and um, play some good footy for this team. And if I play some more footy for Zebra this year, then that'll be awesome. But if not, that's okay. Sometimes it just doesn't work out at a particular place in any time. So, but what I've found, like in this um which has become quite evident to me in this last couple of weeks playing with this new team is just like how important how important confidence is like um i feel like at this team like you feel like you're um, valued and um by the coaches and the and the boys there and that i feel like i'm uh i'm a part of the team and bringing something to the team so um i feel confident like and when you're confident, like if you're happy off the field and you're confident at training, or it's so easy to play well. But if you feel like you get you get one game here and then you don't play for five weeks and then you get another game off the bench and then you don't play, it's like it's a different feeling. And just um, just confidence is just is just I think a massive a massive factor in is what I feel like. If you're confident um, in yourself. And you're feeling good. It's so much easier to play well and just do your thing. I reckon it's um, that's that's what I find. Man, a hundred percent. It's like it's night and day, isn't it? When when you're like in a team regularly, whatever the level, but when you're in a team regularly and you know that the coaches back you, yeah, and that they trust you and you're comfortable, which and then you get confidence from that to kind of express yourself it's night and day versus when if you're going in and i've been there too you go in and it's like i need to make something happen i need to make yeah. something happen and like you're kind of like doubting yourself and um oh it's night and day how you perform Crazy. and like especially when you're in a situation like me where you probably only you've only played a few games um for the club and <clears throat> there's a few other boys are competing in your position and you're you're thinking, oh, that pass didn't go to hand at training today, and you're thinking about that, that maybe that 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 wrong read you made in defence, and you're thinking, and you're comparing yourself to the other boys, and oh, they've made a couple of errors, but it's easy for the coaches not to pick me because I made these errors, and it's just like focusing on sometimes looking at those looking at those things and just thinking too much about the errors, whereas like I feel like if you're confident and yeah, just acknowledging, okay, things are going to go, things may go wrong in a game or like training, as I've seen like with your things that you put up there. And that's something that I, I've tried to implement in the last sort of few months with my footy is just like, okay, things are going to happen. That's a, that's a non-negotiable. Like there's going to be always something that goes wrong in a game, but just like being able to, to just put that to, to bed and just like focus on the next thing is, is huge. And just when you have that confidence in yourself, not from yourself, but also from people around you, it's so much easier to do that. It's so much easier to do that. Um, but that just comes from, I think that just comes from, you got to find that in you somewhere. Like, and for me, that just, that just comes from like, if I, if I go to training, I'll just focus on one or two things. I'll just go bang, bang. Like I'll write these things down in my book in a team meeting or whatever, focus on these things, write a few things that I'm grateful for down a day. I'm in a good place already. And then just trying to go out and just don't think about anything too much. Just do what you do and try and do it, try and do it as well as you can. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. And a hundred percent, like you, ha I know this is easier said than done, but you have to just go out and try and be the best version of you and give it a lash and accept that, look, some balls aren't going to go to hand. You accept that before you even go out there, but you have to give it a go and 
and trust yourself and back yourself because there's nothing worse than if you just play really cautiously and conservatively and don't do anything, then you walk off the field and then then you end up not getting in the team, obviously, because you didn't do anything because you're just you're just playing a two out of 10, hoping to not make mistakes. And then you don't get picked and you're like, you're looking at yourself going, I'm way better than this. And you are way better than this. So you you kind of just have to give it a lash. And I love I love your outlook, what you were saying there. You're like, first up you're like i played three games which is sick because it is like you playing three games at that level is sick like you know and it's not like oh i didn't play seven games or whatever it's like i did play three and then seeing where the road takes you like i think that's so important to just be like look we'll see where this journey goes whereas a lot of people i feel just get stressed so much it's like will i get a contract next year will i get it like it'll all work out you know yeah. just yeah under control the controllables and that's something that I've learned from being around boys, uh, older boys especially, who may have been quite successful in footy or played a lot of games and a bit older than me. It's just like control the controllables. Like sometimes I may have been a little bit down or whatever at training because I didn't I didn't think I trained well and boys will come up to me and be like, mate, like I thought you trained okay. Like you think you're overthinking it. Like just control the controllables. Like don't think about like external factors and don't go over what you've what you've gone over because like for me, I didn't train well today, but the next session is a new session and like, just put it to bed. Like don't think about it too much. Just control what you can control is a, is a huge one. Um, but for me, it's just like when I train my best and when I play my best, it's not that you don't care because you train so, you know, in the back of your mind that you've trained so, so hard and you've given everything so much in that year or up to that point in time. Like it's not that you don't care because you care so much, but when you're out there, just don't think about anything too much. Just do you like, You've, you're obviously there for a reason and like because of your ability, but just don't think about anything too much. Just like be in the moment and just like let everything happen as it, as it happens is, is what works for me. Not 100%. overthinking. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what works for me. I think is, uh, is just not overthinking anything too much. And just when you're out there, just like being in the moment and um, letting, letting yourself do what you do, what you do best. 100% you're spot on and uh, another one it's interesting you say there that in Italy they're not as keen for lads to play down but like in Ireland the provincial players who are in academies or contracted by the provincial teams would always play down so like you know you only play in say two games or three games because you're say not in the team at the weekend I think it's just it, it hurts your development so like I remember when I was younger, say, or early 20s, there were lads that would play 12 games in the All-Ireland League with us and then play three games with Leinster. Mm. Do you get me? So, like, five weeks in a row they're with us, then they get pulled up for one game, but then they're back with us. And it's huge for your development to just be playing all the time. So, like, that's unreal from you to just say, hey, I just need to play with the rugby here. And, you know, it's not about the level to an extent, uh, you know? 100%. And it's, and it's definitely not about the level because... Um, like yeah, it's strange. Like like you said, like back home, even we would have like uh, the club I was at. We'd have like Wallabies coming back. Like I mean, we had like Pete Samu and like uh, like Brumbies boys coming back each and every week if they weren't getting picked for the Brumbies, like playing for us. And then just like it's it's crazy. Like the last two years, I've I was, I was having a laugh with my mate the other day who's been injured. I live with him. He's, he's a fullback for the for Zebra, and just having a laugh with him, saying like, "Mate, I've got so many caps for like the, the non the twenty fourth man. Like, <laughs> like in the last two seasons, I've gone on that many like twenty fourth man trips. It's ridiculous." And I just and like 
yes, it's awesome to to experience, you know, going on a going on a trip with the lads and, you know, like last year I remember I was lucky enough this year at Zebra to play against Ulster away. That was the coolest thing ever. But last year at Treviso, I was I think round one or round two, we we played Ulster away and I was 24th man and I just like it was the best thing ever. Like not playing was was awesome, but you're just thinking like it's awesome being here and experiencing this, but being on the field would be would be amazing. And I was lucky enough to do it this year. But like the point is like I reckon I've got that many caps for the 24th man. It's 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 ridiculous. And we were having a good laugh about that. But like just getting some footy is like is so important because confidence comes from that. But then like more importantly, when you get that, when they get that call up from the coaches or whatever, you don't feel like you have to prove anything. You can just do what you've been doing like week in, week out the last few weeks. And it's a much easier transition, I think. Well, I believe so. Absolutely, 100%. It's uh, when when you're playing regularly, you do get that confidence. And you can you cannot be playing and still have confidence. And there's some things you can do, but it's very difficult. But when you're playing all the time, you get into your groove, you get you you get confident and it then becomes a, a feeling you're like, here, buddy, you have to pick me. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. that good. You know, when you're just, when you're in your groove and you're just playing all the time, it's like, you know, you should be in the team. You, you just, whereas if you're not playing at all, you're doubting yourself. You're like, geez, am I actually, I, cause you nearly do how, what kind of player am I? I haven't been playing. So yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. It's easy to fall into that trap. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And so for the rest of the season, is it kind of like a, if you're playing with the, is it Via Dana you're gone to? Yeah. 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 That's a good club. Yeah. They they used to be in the European European Cups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a couple or a few of the teams in this top ten team that were in the European Cups. But um, yeah, just get some minutes with them, and then I think they've got maybe seven or eight games left in the season. They finish at the same time as URC finishes anyway. So, and then obviously if injuries or whatever happen at Zebra or they want to play me, then um, they can always call me back. So um, I'm still sort of linked with the two with the two teams. So. It's sort of it's yeah it's it's a it's a good situation and I'm 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 lucky that I'm I'm able to do that as well like wherever I may go next year like it's important that I get some game time now and I can put some some footage together or because it's it's a little bit harder obviously it's good being in two two URC teams the last couple of years but um, it's hard when you haven't when you haven't played any footy for a team to pick you up I think yeah yeah no I get you hundred percent and um. Yeah, there would be good spot as well to play in that top ten league, like um, and play week in week out. Even look next year, wherever you, whatever happens. But like, I think yeah, Italy's a cool place to play. And another thing, when I'm chanting young players or working with players one on one, is uh, like you see it now. But a lot of when I was growing up in Ireland, and when a lot of people grow up, they only see their pathways. So like if you grow up in England, you just think about the English academy that's closest to you, or you if you grow up in Ireland, you just think about Ireland. But then when your mind opens up to abroad like Italy, France, like there's so many professional teams in those two countries and like semi-pro and stuff. And there's so yeah. much you can do. There's so much traveling you can do. And there's, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. A hundred percent. Even like now it's like a lot of boys, my age that I knew back home that were going through the Brummies Academy together. A lot of those boys and that didn't get contracted to the Brummies are now playing like in Japan, whether it be like top league or the second league in Japan. And they're all, going places with their footy now I have any boys that playing in the states now like it's uh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of different places that you can go to and um 
yeah, it's it's awesome what what life can offer you as well. Like not just footy, but the people you meet and the places you go. I think footy is quite unique as well. Um, like everyone knows everyone, and um, yeah, what it offers you is is quite special. So yeah, it's it's cool. We don't know where where I'll go next, but um, we'll see. Just uh, see see where it takes me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, it's it's interesting as well that like so when you're young and say like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you're trying to get into academy, trying to break into the first team of your team, like say the team you came through. Yeah, it's like you really want to do that, obviously, but then if you don't do that, it's actually grand. Like you say, like boys going to Japan, going to Italy, going to France, like it's actually grand. It's it's actually whereas I remember you think it was the end of the world, and then. I have a younger brother who was involved with Connex and then was let go, thought it was the end of the world, but then like he's in the States, he's drafted to play MLR this year. And like, there's actually, when you just go, oh, there's another avenue and it's actually grand. And then the other thing is, uh, what I think young players don't realize is that you can play for two, three, four years. You can get picked up in your mid-20s, yeah. 26, 27, and, and then play at the very, very top level for four or five years, you know? I was listening to the podcast that you did with Scott Farley, for example. It's uh, that's amazing, eh? Yeah. It's just uh, yeah, boys like, yeah, like you said, like young twenties, like, it's, uh, doesn't mean anything. You could you can get picked up when you're when you're a bit older. It's crazy. Yeah, like yeah. No, it's class. And um, so any plans for the summer, or are you just kind of taking for the next few weeks, and then what are you thinking? Nah, so not not quite sure yet. Just um, obviously got the family here. Um, so my little sister's here my, my parents are here at the moment so um, just probably spend a bit of quality time with them um, they came a few days ago so they're here for a few weeks um, spend a few t- spend some quality time with them because I haven't seen them for, for quite a while so um, yeah that's that's probably my, my main focus and then just um, playing some footy with this with this new club I'm at um, and yeah and just see where it takes me so the season finishes in April and then I think obviously the World Cup's going to start in September, so the season will probably be pushed back a little bit. So whether or not I go wherever I may be next and settle in there early or whether I get back home and um, see some more of the family back home before um, before next season. But just, um, yeah, no, just enjoy the rest of the year here. Try and enjoy, enjoy footy and, um, yeah, and just uh, see, see where it takes me. But my main focus is just spending quality time with the family and um, making sure that they're all good and, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice one. And then last one, but uh, so with like when you were in Oz, you had an agent and then he like found Italy or found the club or whatever, found the opportunity. Is that like common? Say, you know, if you're playing first grade back home, you'll have an agent or you'll you'll chat to someone or? Yeah, so I didn't have an agent. And then when I was um, playing some first grade footy, there was a guy that, um, that uh, my old man actually coached years ago back in the Brumbies Academy and he was playing some footy over in Italy as well um, playing some top 10 rugby which is the comp I'm playing in now and he was at Treviso for a couple of years as well um, and he's an Aussie guy same situation as me half Italian and I got speaking to him about because I was I was actually going to go over to Italy to play in the Italy under 20s um, but then the head coach I was actually a little bit too old I think I was 21 at the time he thought I was a year younger so that was when I first messaged this guy about potentially getting over there and seeing what the footy was like um, in Italy. And he put me in contact with a guy, his mate, that was a that was an agent who was also had a relationship with um, some teams in Italy and 
um, had been playing some footy over in Italy as well. So um, I was sort of talking with him. Um, and as I said, like footy was one thing, um, but I probably should have spoken to him more, a little bit more about how I was actually feeling and probably should have been a little bit more open and honest with um, with that I wanted to as well, like experience living over the other side of the world because I was um, looking for a little bit of a fresh start or something to like keep my mind focused towards. Um, so I was speaking with him and then, um, yeah, he just called me one day and said that Treviso were, were interested in offering me a contract. So that's where it all started. Um, and that's where it's, that's where it's led me to now. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a uh, pretty lucky, pretty lucky looking back. Like, yeah, geez, like probably could have, probably could have stopped playing rugby to be honest. And then, um, would have had to focus on studies or something, but, um, I'm grateful for what I went through and, um, now I'm here and hopefully I can help and in, not, not inspire, but just like talk to people or if they want to get in contact with me or cause I try and put a few things on my Instagram here and now and then just to um, speak a little bit about my personal journey and um, help other people that may think that um, what they're going through is going to define them or whatever it may be. But there's always um, a lot at the end of the tunnel at some stage, but you'll, uh, you'll look back one day and, and uh, be grateful for what you went through. So, um, yeah, it's brought me to where I am today. So, um, as bad as it was, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for what I what I what I experienced. <clears throat> Great stuff, um, man. No fair play, and I just want to say hats off. It's uh, it's incredible. You just speaking about your experiences because it's. I know we talk about it, but it isn't very common. It's not done a lot. And when I was. 18 20 growing up i never heard of anyone any rugby player speak about mental health and it was then in my mid-20s 24-ish when i had a rough time but uh i know that me hearing other people was what helped what initially helped me yeah get out of it it helped me see oh they had it too oh they went through that oh geez i'm not this isn't the end of the world oh and so I just want to say hats off you just sharing your story, speaking about it is incredible and it will help people. I know for a fact, and you never know who it'll help. And um, yeah, it's unreal. And if, if you're interested in sharing stuff on your Instagram, do like, I know once again, that's not easy. It's yeah. none of this is easy at the start, but um, no fair play. It's unreal what you're doing. Uh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate the, having the chat. Enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the chat and as I mentioned towards the end fair play to Joey for talking about the the things he did around mental health and yeah fair play to him as I said I know from first-hand experience that people sharing their story sharing their experiences really really helps like it really helped me and I believe that you will see a lot more of this going forward you'll see people chatting about their experiences because I do believe that the stigma is um, falling away or being reduced whatever the, the right words are there and people are understanding that it's just something that sometimes happens to people and there's nothing wrong with it and it's grand and uh, yeah the more we talk about it the, the more people can avoid it also the more people can see the signs of when they might be slipping into that 
and maybe able to get help before they kind of get very bad which is also important as well and like Joey said like like I say um, once you come out of it you then learn tools to be your best self and then you kind of are very aware of how you be your best self and um, anyway I think that's important too but uh, yeah I think as I said you'll see more and more of it going forward I'm aware that the last kind of few weeks it's been a bit of a topic mental health on this podcast not really intended to be at all Peter Claffey spoke about it I didn't know that he was going to and then I obviously spoke about it myself and then Joey here but um yeah just just is what it is just whatever so I think it's we want to get to the point where someone can say like yeah I was going through a really tough knee rehab because my knee was blown out in the same way you can say yeah I was going through a tough tough period with mental health because I was suffering with anxiety for a while whatever all good crack on Um, nothing wrong with it and just one other thing on this so if you yourself have ever gone through any rough period around mental health and if you're hopefully out the other side what I find as well is that when you are comfortable speaking about it and now it, it will and might take time to get to that point but speaking about it really helps as well it helps you get even a level further just because you go into a dark place you, you're suffering and then you get out of it but then you kind of don't tell anyone that you were there you pretend that you're always all good or you just don't let on but then you know you get to a point and you just you're like oh yeah that happened to me and that actually feels good as well it feels really good because when you're not talking about it i suppose that inadvertently means you're ashamed of it you're ashamed that it that it happened to you or that you went through that so what i'm supposed roundabout trying to say is there's no need to be ashamed of it just understand that and I'm I'm thankful to the people who spoke about their experiences five seven years ago when I was five years ago when I was in a rough place and uh, then hats off to the people who jump on here and just chat about some tough times they've had like hats off to them because yeah once again that's just going to help more and more people and I remember Peter Claffey saying it. He was like, you know, people talk about the conversation and kind of what does that mean? And like the two of us, we didn't really know what it means, but we we know about what our experiences were and we can just chat about them. And I think once again, he said like, this could be a chat when you're having a coffee with your friends. Like, oh yeah, geez, you know, a few years ago, I was went through that time or whatever. It, it can just come up in casual conversation or something. Or, you know, you hear someone maybe like Keith Earls recently talking about it or someone talking about it and then it's like oh yeah and, and you can relate and it's just it's just open conversation or just casual conversation you know that's all it is and I think the more that mental health becomes casual conversation the same way physical health does it will just help everyone it'll help so many people it will help people avoid going into it which is really important as well 
which is so important. So, um, yeah, like you can imagine if you're having a coffee with friends, somebody could say, I have a tight hamstring because I was out running or I have a bad back or I have a whatever. And then, yeah, people can chat just the same around mental health. I also love Joey's outlook, the way he's just taking it as it comes and he's playing ball and he's enjoying playing ball and fair play to him. I am editing this podcast, finishing it up in Balna, County Mayo, where I've been for the last two months. I moved back from Vancouver. I was in Vancouver for four and a half years and some of you will know I've been in Ireland for the past two months and tomorrow I moved to New Zealand to take up an opportunity there in Christchurch which I'm really excited about it's funny well people have been asking me like how are you are you excited are you looking forward to it it's funny I think when you just focus on the day-to-day you don't worry too much or sorry you don't think too much about the future it's like yeah I'm looking forward to it but you know two weeks ago I was looking forward to the talk I was doing that evening in in a school and or I was looking forward to the person I was chatting to for the podcast or I was looking forward to the one-on-one calls I had with guys or whatever it was you know that's what I was looking forward to really because I I kind of always take things day to day and yes I plan out don't get me wrong like I plan weeks months in advance not too many things months in advance but I kind of have you know rough ideas of months in advance and I have things down the line, but I plan things out, but I always bring the folks back to today and, you know, take it day to day. And I speak quite a lot about planning your week and planning your day. And that's something that's really important for me as well, is every evening planning tomorrow. And so then, you know, I plan out tomorrow and then I wake up and I just crack on through my day, you know, with my plan out in front of me of, getting up, doing what I do in the morning and working out and doing my work and blah, blah, blah. And so it's funny. I'm right now starting to get excited about it. When I get this podcast done, you'll obviously be listening to it, but I'll get this podcast done. I'll get it edited up. I'll get it pushed out in the next half an hour. And it's now 7 p.m. on Sunday evening. And I fly tomorrow at noon. So we'll be leaving from the West pretty early to be there in time and yeah after I finish this I've start well not start finish back my bag I have three quarters of it done so anyway I'm blabbering on here but yeah looking forward to moving to New Zealand tomorrow and uh, I'll see you next week with another podcast next weekend as always you can get in touch with me through my Instagram at Offfield Rugby LinkedIn Brian Moylet my Twitter and TikToks are also at Offfield Rugby and my website, offfieldrugby.com, is best place to get in touch with me if you want to work together, be it one-on-one as a player or a team. And yeah, if you have any feedback for the podcast, as always, if you want to chat about anything, those are all the places you can chat to me. And I will leave links in the description below. The book is available on Amazon. You can get that yeah, anywhere in the world on Amazon. I have the audiobook recorded. So I have all the recordings done for the audiobook. And I'm just working with a publisher now, a platform. 
to get that out to I need to make sure to get it out to literally every audiobook provider I know a lot of people use audible and iTunes and Amazon but there's also people use other platforms and I want to make sure that it goes out to every single one so that's kind of what I'll do next week when I hit the ground in Christchurch that'll be kind of one of the main things I want to get get out so it's all done ready to go and uh, yeah I just need to make sure it gets out to all the different platforms but I will let you know through my Instagram through my social media channels when that's out but should be very 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 soon next few days should be out later next week right up cheers have a good one good luck